Today on the Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding, we're cutting to the heart of conservation and hunter rights with SCI's Director of Government Affairs, Mr. Ben Cassidy. I just love the messaging of SCI. We've got that burden, which is incredible, of just having you know a playing field that looks at it internationally across all species, across all forms of hunting. Chad and Ben are gearing up to take over the volunteer state for one of the greatest showings of camo ever seen. Look for Ben on the floor, look for myself on the floor, look for Anna V on the floor. Don't fool yourself. The other side's fighting for it every day. And again, in the absence of us showing up and having our voice heard, we lose it. We're going to have a great time in Nashville, Music City, USA, the 52nd Safari Club International Convention, January 31st through February 4th. Thanks to Safari Club International for supporting the Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts. And make sure you check them out and become a member today at safariclub.org. We're a member-driven organization. We couldn't do the work that we do without our members. Our grassroots is bar none. I'd say it's the gold standard. Now for the men of the hour, Chad Belding and SCI's Director of Government Affairs, Mr. Ben Cassidy. First off, I'm going to say I want one of those vests. These are limited, man. I don't know that we make, I don't think we make them anymore. This is like Reno wear. Last time I was, had you on the show, you actually had two, I was on your podcast actually, and I had, you had two hats sitting on the desk. I said, I want one of each of those. You said they'll be on their way and I never got those. Oh my so God. Maybe the shipping out of oh. DC is bad. Maybe it's just bad. <laughs> Pony Express? Is it Pony Express? I need, I need, I need to check on, on this. Way. Yeah, I mean, Horse Pirates are the worst. <laughs> what colors did you want? I don't know. They were cool colors though. They were cool. They were, they were this yeah. style hat, but they were like, uh, one was a Georgia Bulldogs okay. color, I think. It was the red and black, yeah. and there was another one that was beige khaki. I just want some cool hats and cool vests. Okay, cool. Okay, I got you on recording saying it again. I, I'm I'm recorded. It's, it's I'm recorded. putting it in my I'm putting it in my packing list right now. I'm in my <laughs> Nashville packing list. Oh, you're bringing it to Nashville. Yeah, right. Why? Why are you going to Nashville? What's going on in Nashville? Few things, man. It's just it's such an incredible place, <laughs> right? Of all, you know, I mean, I'm tired of the cold here, even though I've heard it's been pretty cold there. Uh, we also just have this really big convention going on. It's our 52nd one, uh, the Ultimate Sportsman's Market, Super Bowl of Hunting Shows. I don't know. You may have been a year ago, right? But it's happening again? <laughs> again and again. Yeah, man. We can't, we, we, the people can't get enough and we give the people what they want. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, bring the whole hunting universe back together. We all just have our diaspora. We go out to our corners, to our, our fields, our waters, our woods. And then in February, we all, in late January, we all come back together, trade our stories, plan for all the next one. I always tell everybody, I was just talking to Merlo. I was with Rock again, and, you know, Laird was just out there with Brooke, and we did a big SCI hunt in California, and Rock is coming. He's coming in Tuesday, and he's all jacked up, man. He's, like, getting all new clothes, and he's he's fired. He's setting all these meetings, you know, and he's fired up to talk to all these different outfitters, and he's never been. I'm like, how is a guy that has hunted his whole life never been? And he's like, man, he goes, I just love the messaging of SCI, and 100% straight up, Ben. He says that in the last five years, it seems like there's been more of an all hunting reach by SCI to where before rock again was of that mindset that if you're not in Africa hunting planes game or the dangerous five or the big game of Africa and all of the different countries over on that continent, then it's really not a safari. But now he's like, man, everything you see from SCI is geared towards all hunters. That's awesome to hear. I mean, that's purposeful. Obviously you can't really fight just one corner of this fight without fighting on the whole playing field. I mean, I would think about the other side side right with like 
anti-hunters, they don't just pick one thing to, to pick on. They want to shut the whole thing down, right? So you've got to respond on all forms, all fronts, all species. You know, it's just a, it's a checklist for them. I mean, they're just like anyone else. They're going to go with the easiest route possible. They've got a little lazy bone, the anti-hunters. So they're going to go for what they see as lowing and fruit. Once that's done, they don't just retire and call it quits, right? They'll move on to whatever the next species is, the next season is. It's the only way to approach it. And I think, yeah, with SCI, you know, we've got that burden, which is incredible of just having, you know, a playing field that looks at it internationally across all species, across all forms of hunting, um, which is, I think is what the community really needs, especially right now with so much going on out there. With so much going on in the world, which we're going to get to, but let's specifically stay on Nashville yeah. right now because there is a lot going on there. What do you do? For SCI, I want to make sure that the audience remembers of government affairs and what you yeah. do. And then what do you do or what are you in charge of or what do you oversee during those seven or 10 days that you're actually in Tennessee for the convention? Yeah, love it. Um, so, yeah, I'm really lucky. You know, I've been with SCI now for almost five years and I <clears throat> I oversee our advocacy, our marketing, our communications efforts. So I'm based in Washington, D.C., I'm here fighting in the swamp, in the trenches, so that everyone else that loves what they do with hunting doesn't have to be, right? I go around, travel to all our chapter events, just events all over the country. And people are always like, hey, thanks for being here. Where are you from? It's like, well, I came from D.C. Like, but you are not from there, right? <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know, I'm there for, for that purpose. But in my job, I'm so lucky again, it's to to fight the fight, to defend the freedom to hunt, promote conservation worldwide every day, regardless of where you hunt, what you hunt and how you hunt. And we do it, you know, through our legal team. We've got a crack litigation team. We do it through our federal team, the best out there, networked in, know the issues, work in the hill hard. Uh, we do it through our state team. Very unique. You don't see that in a lot of hunting organizations where we have devoted staff that are just covering all the state capitals. Um, and then do it through our international team. Uh, we've got reach. You know, we've got staff over in Brussels, you know, watching out for uh, for Europe and what's going on over there because a lot of their bad ideas quickly become our bad ideas. I feel like there's like a, a bat phone that goes between Sacramento and uh, Brussels sometimes. But yeah, so with that team in place, you know, really fight the fight on all those different platforms and really focus into, you know, what our members need and want. We're a member-driven organization. Uh, we couldn't do the work that we do without our members. Our grassroots is bar none. I'd say it's the gold standard. What we really try to do in our role, everyone on, on the team, including myself, be first to understand what the issue is and then be able to explain it in a way that anybody can digest and then tell people where to be able to go to, to make a difference. Me on my own or any of our lobbyists on their own, we're just another guy, right? When we're standing on the shoulders of our incredible membership, our incredible advocates, it's amazing. It's amazing the change that we're able to see. You know, I've been in politics for a long time. You can get pretty pessimistic at times about a functioning government. You know, you see the news, right? Everything in Congress is total whacked out show. Um, but what I've seen in my short time, even with, with SCI and my long time working in politics, is that hunters, when they speak up and say something, we've got the facts. You know, we got the science behind us. We make a real difference. And it's incredible. And I'm just an honor, you know, for what we do at SCI to be able to just make those connections, connect those pieces, put that kind of strategy in place. Because we've seen it just on a number of things. Um, you know, just look at this year alone. I mean, going or last year, right? 2023, we're into 24. But like 2023, I mean, we keep saying, you know, there's a huge threat to shutting down hunting, right? And some people would be like, you know, 
you know, you're, you're being sensational, you know, screeching rhetoric. It's like, no, like it's just these little fires being set that are shutting it down, whether it's doing a little bit of a leg closure here, you know, or a little access shutdown or a huge one actually in, in like Alaska, well, the biggest threat we saw like last year, you know, it was just like as clear as it got. And it got the the community talking more than I've ever seen, you know, across the spectrum, all the groups, all the hunters was this shutdown on education, you know, education in schools, archery in schools, hunter ed. I mean, that was just ended. Right. And it was crazy. I mean, it was just through rules and regs. It wasn't a law that was passed or anything. It was just a backdoor bureaucrat making it happen. And we jumped on it right out of the gate. You know, we let everybody know what's happening. And the next thing you know, it just grew into this loud chorus of hunters saying, what gives? And by the end of it, it was passed out of Congress as a law signed by President Biden to reverse that decision, to make sure that that didn't happen. But that doesn't happen without hunters speaking and that unique role that hunters do play and the recognition that we get from elected officials. It's just always imperative, always have a seat at the table, right? It's always that saying, like, you either have a seat at the table or you're being served on the table. So it's just as simple as that, just always making sure that hunters have a seat at the table. What that means is letting them know, you know, what we're seeing and, and what's happening and what they can do about it. Because I don't expect everyone that's out there that loves to hunt to really want to love politics and love following it. But I want to make it as easy as possible. The team wants to make it as easy as possible for people to know, like, yeah, this is a clear and present danger and there's something I can do about it. So I think that's amazing that we're able to do it SCI across the board, whether it's, you know, at a state level, federal level, international level, or in the courts. Because again, it's the, you know, the antis, they'll, they'll try to push their agenda. As soon as they get any sort of static or, or pushback, it's not an easy way to go. They'll just pivot and try to go somewhere else. So if it's not working federally, go to the states. Not working at the state level, go to the courts. So we're just there to meet them every which way. So there's always a check. Because at the end of the day, again, it's facts, it's science versus emotions. You know, we're just asking for these decisions to be made with supporting evidence. <laughs> and, that, and that's what we've got as hunters. So so I got a couple thoughts and comments off of what you just said. But before I do it, I'm taking notes while you talk. Just talk to me about that week in Nashville, though. What is Ben Cassidy? By the way, beard game strong, yeah. Ben Cassidy. Will this beard, will this be in Nashville or will it be trimmed up? Will it be manicured before the show? Because you got a beard game going on right now. I mean, I always tend to let the beard decide. The beard decided to do its own thing this winter. <laughs> I'd really hate to see it go, but also, you know, it might help me get around more. I'm going to be moving around a lot. It kind of has a little bit of drag to it, a little wind drag, so... I might clean it up a little bit. It won't be totally gone. I haven't been beardless in a few decades, so. You got it going on right there. Yeah, man. Full on effect. Um, But yeah. But what are you going to be doing in Nashville? I mean, again, like I look forward to this every single year um, for so many reasons. I mean, at the professional level, this is what pays for and supports everything that we do advocacy wise. We're not able to do the work that we do with all the generous support that comes in from all of the attendees. Right. So I'm, I'm building in a ton of time right there just to find any chance to say thank you to everyone that's there, you know, for making our job possible, for being that first line of defense, being that attack dog for hunters. But, yeah, I mean, the show kicks off with January 31st. We're going to cut the ribbon on the floor, have everyone kind of bum rush in and go, you know, start you know, visiting with all the different exhibitors. Uh, that'll be a really cool event on stage with a. Governor Bill Lee from Tennessee has been re- really helpful. The Chamber of Commerce and the city of Nashville will be there. Um, so really excited to get that cut and kicked off. And then we kind of just go into a, 
a big whirlwind, right? Where every day the floor is open, opens at 10 a.m. on the first day on Wednesday, every other day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 9 a.m., closes at five. So good long days on the floor. And then built into that, you just get this huge energy, right? There's all these people that, you know, talking to, making phone calls, trading emails, you know, Zooming and all, and all that with, that are now finally all in person, right? And they're just coming in from all over the globe. I mean, we've got all of our great friends from Africa, Australia, Europe, you know, California, Arkansas, Canada, like everyone's just coming in. And there's just so much energy around it. And everyone's on the same page, right? Everyone's there to have like a, a really good time and the camaraderie and, you know, trade stories and have fun. Uh, but at the same time, everyone's there with that, you know, shared concern, like, all right, we're together. Like, let's put our heads to it. Let's go to the, you know, the grindstone and figure out how we're able to continue defending and promoting hunting as best we can. So with that, you kind of just grab all this energy and it's a huge springboard into how we kind of lay out the rest of our year uh, advocacy and communications wise. But like at night, you know, we've got these killer banquets, you know, big auctions, you know, big crowded ballroom, speakers galore. We've got, you know, our entertainment in the evenings, which is just off the chain this year. I mean, 38 Special, Jason Aldean, Big and Rich, Foreigner. Like, it's going to be cool. <laughs> Emphasis on Foreigner, right? For me. Foreigner, we got something for everybody. Um but those evenings are incredible. You know, Friday is, is the one that I'm personally, selfishly the most excited about because that's our legislative night. We're going to be honoring uh, Congressman Richard Hudson um, from North Carolina. He's the chairman of the Republican Congressional Committee. Good friend of mine, good friend of SCI's, a real true hunter. I mean, uh, he's a congressman because he's doing out of duty, um, but I think he'd rather be hunting all the time. Uh, and then we're also honoring uh, Blaine Calkins, uh, an MP from Canada, from uh, Alberta, who's our international legislator of the year that night. And we've got a lot of other, you know, U.S. senators, U.S. members of Congress and some of the Tennessee delegation coming in to all these events as well. But yeah, so during the day, it's kind of just like, Getting on the floor, seeing all the people that make the magic possible, having meetings with folks, um, then just going to all the different, you know, events that are just kind of like capturing all that energy, you know, that kind of propels us forward. Uh, we got a huge luncheon. You're super supportive of it last year. Really appreciate it. You know, I got I got a seat for you, I'm not asking for anything. I got a seat for you at it, but it's our super pack. You know, we're the only hunting group that has a super pack. Um, this is our biggest fundraiser of the year for that. And that's money that we've raised and put right back into congressional races um, to educate voters on, you know, what the issues are and who the champions are um, defending us uh, in the halls of Congress. Yeah. I mean, loads of cool stuff though. I mean, we got some fun stuff off the floor, like a 3d archery competition going on killer prizes there. We got an awesome mix and mingle for our women go hunting initiative. No, we're in our second year of really like doing some awesome things and like the outpour of uh, engagement we've gotten um, from women um, members. has just been incredible. Their stories and they're getting, getting involved. So they're all coming in for that. There's just no shortage of reasons to to be in in Nashville with your tribe. You know what I mean? <clears throat> foreigner for sure. That you got to put an emphasis on foreigner. I mean, they're rock legends. But yeah, Bridgestone Arena Thursday night. Jason Aldean. That's I think Mitchell Tenpenny's opening. Yes, sir. And that's gonna. That's a big endeavor in itself. I mean, that's fifteen, eighteen thousand seats. That's where the hockey team plays. Yep. Um, that's going to be a big night. And then big and rich. Yeah, I the mean, NHL was nice enough to schedule their uh, All Star game 
during our convention so that we're able to have Bridgestone. So I thank the NHL for that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I tell everybody how awesome. First off, Nashville is just a really, really cool city and destination. And when you put the, <laughs> the hunting culture and energy of SCI in that city, it was I've been to probably 10 of them in Reno, Vegas a few times. And then I was in Nashville. I don't think there's anything like it. I think it was the best one. Yeah, ever. I agree. And I just can't wait to take it up to another level. But it's just it's, by the way, the pack lunch and I'm I'm all in. If you need something, you just we talked about that last time, too. It's on. It's you were going to email me for details. It's recorded. <laughs> it's recorded. Okay, I'm putting you down See, right now. Ben Check. Cassidy's taking he's taking another yeah. note right now. <laughs> You see it. Yeah, we got that. Okay. <laughs> hey, real quick, Ben Cassidy, explain to me real quick in the audience of, I told you I took two notes during your um, your thoughts on Nashville and what was going to be being executed and what we need to be paying attention to. But what do you mean by, and I'm paraphrasing here, but emotional voting and deciding with emotion versus scientific data and what's good for a wildlife population what's good for habitat what like is it smart to introduce wolves into a north american state is it smart to make bear hunting with dogs illegal in california is it smart to make cougar hunting in california illegal 100 percent across the board when they are so damaging to other big game populations like a lot of this seems to be emotional driven but it's scientific data that backs this that those are the wrong ways to vote. Is that kind of what you meant by your statement? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to kind of like, you know, give a solid example of it. I mean, I'd zoom in on like Colorado, right? And it's been a gross example. It's not isolated to Colorado, but what we're seeing on a regular cadence with elections now in Colorado, where there's these ballot initiatives, right? Taking these votes to public opinion uh, that decide management decisions, right? Um, Removing it from the scientific authority, moving it from the folks that are professionals closest to these decisions, uh, best suited to make the decisions and taking to the public. And all these initiatives, you know, they're really driven purely by emotion. It's not having anything to do with, you know, what's best for the species, what's best for the, you know, for just our existence, you know, in a place. But rather, it's about, you know, how it makes somebody feel. And I'll go to like, you know, a few years back, there's a ballot initiative 114 in Colorado that would introduce wolves to Colorado. And it was the closest election in the state of Colorado that year. Under 2%, it passed. Um, Most of the votes came from places like the Denver Metroplex that don't have people, you know, interacting with wolves. But it affected the entire state and December was released. I would venture to guess that if you were to poll people today who had voted for that, there's some buyer's remorse there, right? They were hoodwinked by an emotional appeal. A decision was made that was counter to how the Colorado Parks and Wildlife would operate. Now you fast forward to today, they're going through a whole new process with the ballot initiative. It's going to be on the ballot. They're just deciding on what the language is going to be at this point. It's going to be on the ballot um, that would ban uh, the hunting and trapping of mountain lion, bobcat, and lynx. So it's really imperative on all hunters, you know, to engage in something like a Colorado fight because it's coming to a you know backyard near you if we don't defeat it now. That's a great segue of my second thought that I wrote down during your talk a few minutes ago is you said that you believe there might be a bat phone between Sacramento, which is the capital of California, to Brussels. Um, I want to get into this also before the end of this conversation today about how SCI does work with other agencies. But I've always heard that a lot of things start in California. 
and tend to move eastward. Is your statement kind of back this up that California is one of the more aggressive states on whether it was the sin tax of 11% ammo or the cougars or the bears with dogs. You can go on and on with the government and Newsom and other people in that state have been doing. Yeah. What did you mean by your comment, a bat phone between Sacramento and Brussels? And what I really mean is, you know, a bad idea travels to new locations faster than a good idea does, in my opinion. And then we see it if it happens with the trophy ban or say like that 11%, like the 11% passes out of California, New York immediately introduces something the same way. It's like, oh, this one works. We're able to do it. We've seen it, test it out and work somewhere else. We're going to do it here. Like, look at the UK. If you if you go to like trophies, right? Even the UK with like legislators over there, they want to ban it. Like, we don't actually import very many trophies. It's not really part of our culture. You know, it's not something that that, that our citizens do. But we want to set an example for the rest of the world. And that example is, hey, you can start shutting these things down. You can start eating away at what it means to hunt. And you'll have a path forward because we'll show you how to do it naturally you see it copied but y'all also like when we beat things it sends a message to other states right like i'll, I'll go back down to trophy bands <coughs> um in new jersey we defeated a trophy ban and then you know jerry brown in california had one coming to his desk and he vetoed it he said you know i saw new jersey they got sued and didn't have standing on it they were preempting uh, federal authority this is the same bill why we're gonna get sued too it's gonna waste my time yeah, I mean, none of these things happen in a silo. None of them are isolated. It's just not the world we live in anymore. So it's just, uh, you know, on people to, to realize, you know, the fight you're having where you are is making a difference with the fight happening elsewhere. We're sharing in a lot of it. It makes it really easy, too. Like for my job, I mean, not really easy, but it, it simplifies things. I mean, you drop me off in like Brussels and like blindfold me and have it translated all in English. I want to be able to tell you what capital I was sitting in, right? Oh, you guys are concerned about wolf populations? What, where am I? Am I in Colorado? Am I in Canada? No. You're sitting in Brussels talking about Italian wolves that are running amok or in Germany. You know, it's crazy. I mean, like, there's so much of a shared fight. Um, and I think that's what really resonates a lot with our members, too. I love going over to these places and seeing how they're approaching it. Right. Trading best practices. I think we've grown enormously in how we're you know, coordinated and on top of our, our messages because of seeing these fights happen in so many different places. Are you able to talk or touch on what went down in the last 10 days with the NRA, the National Rifle Association and their leader, Wayne LaPierre? Can you talk on that? How does that affect the convention? How does it affect 2024? Are, do you have any initial thoughts? We don't have to dive real deep into yeah. it because I, I think it's pretty new. But I mean, if you go and read the case in New York and what went down, what happened, Ben, and how does this affect the Second Amendment, the ideologies and the mindset of supporters of the Second Amendment, the shooting sports, the hunting lifestyle and culture? It, it, what's the talk? What's being said about what happened with the NRA right now? Look, I mean, obviously, this is nasty court case playing out. We saw Wayne LaPierre resign. As you know, I worked at NRA um, as a federal lobbyist for a number of years. It's an election year. We're in 2024. You need an attack dog out there. NRA was always that attack dog. They just told the truth, truth to power, you know, represents a constitutional amendment um, and could get the job done. Gold standard in all grassroots, gold standard in, in lobbying. It's lucky to, to, to be a part of it. It's obviously gone astray and had leadership, you know, that hasn't really uh, been delivering on what people are looking to join. And I think that you've kind of end up having a pretty disenfranchised 
uh, group of members. The ship needs to get righted as soon as possible because, again, we're headed towards an incredibly important election. And gun owners, you know, are at the forefront of being engaged in voting, uh, not messing around, and needs to have an organization that's able to, you know, get them the information and, and, and direct folks. So, it's troubling. I hate to see where it is today. I know it's an incredible organization. I know that it'll be back, you know, up to the standards that it's known. But yeah, the court case is just, you know, a mess and just a sideshow. Do you feel that the NRA is in trouble if they don't get tabs on this ASAP and get a new leader in place? Like what happens from here on out? Like, are they because you hear all these rumors that, hey, it's the organization is in trouble. Are they, you think? Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how, how things play out um, in New York. I mean, it's been obviously beleaguered uh, for a while. I think anything you've been hearing about or talking about NRA is, you know, not been in a positive tone, particularly in the last few months. But yeah, I mean, they need to, you know, get the house in order and the ship back in a good direction. I mean, it's still the big, strong ship. It just needs to be guided and be led, you know, by someone that's really delivering on what its mission is, you know, what it was founded for. Do you feel that SCI has the ability to, I want to go into how teaming up with different organizations can be a benefit. And how do individuals such as everybody listening to this, pick an organization to support or an organization to believe in? Is it okay to believe in more than one? If you're with SCI, is there conflict to be with Ducks Unlimited? I work very closely with California Waterfowl Association. I said Ducks Unlimited, because they're a prominent national force to be reckoned with. They came into existence, I believe, in the 50s. They have saved millions and hundreds of millions of acres for waterfowl habitat, breeding grounds, you name it. But I went and transitioned into California waterfowl because of our prior conversation a few minutes ago about California and how important it is to watch what's going on out there, kind of with your bat phone comments. So I'm a huge believer and advocate of California Waterfowl Association. And what they fight for on a daily basis. You know, Mr. Mark Henley, you know, Rock Merlo, you know, they're in Capitol Hill. They're in Sacramento on Capitol Hill. They're in Washington, D.C. in Capitol Hill. The Thule Lake area, the Klamath Basin and the Pacific Flyway, the initiatives that these guys have worked on for years, advocacy, their egg salvage program, everything. Is it okay to support SCI and California Waterfowl? Tell me how that works. Will you team up with CWA when you go to fight these bills in Sacramento, which is one of the cities you've mentioned a few times today? Is it okay for us to believe in CWA as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is an easy one. I appreciate it, Chad. Uh, I don't think it's about picking one hunting organization. I think it's just due diligence on everyone's part to do their homework on who they're supporting. You know, I mean, I work for SCI. Uh, because I knew them having, you know, been a volunteer for a while, knowing what they stand for and the difference that, that we make, you know, in places like like Washington, D.C. Um, and that could be said, you know, about other organizations. I mean, obviously, like I was going back to what I was saying with SCI is we have a broad mandate. It's across the board. We have a very strong brand of politics, right, of being in the room. Um, and speaking for hunters to make sure that hunters' voices are heard when final decisions are made that will affect the future of hunting. And we work really closely, you know, with a number of great organizations, like you mentioned, you know, CWA. I mean, we're just stronger in numbers, right? We're part of like a, a coalition that's like a loose coalition called the American Wildlife Conservation Partnership, the AWCP. So is California Waterfowl Association. 
And in that, you know, what we do a lot of the time is when there's a hot topic issue, we all sign on to a letter, you know, and when you get everyone on there, like SCI, CWA, Ducks Unlimited, you know, NRA, you end up having a letter that represents millions of hunters and anglers, right? And that, that's a powerful message. I, I get goosebumps even when I see it to this day. One of our letters say, you know, dear, you know, Senator X, about half of millions of hunters and anglers, you know, this is what we stand for. And it's really amazing to see because a lot of the groups, you know, like a CWA, like they understand the fight. They understand, you know, say like why SCI fighting a trophy ban in Sacramento actually has an, at the end of the day, an effect on them and, and waterfowl hunting. Like they understand that. And they'll sign on to letters like that, right? That are opposing like a trophy ban at a federal level because they get it. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great groups out there um, to look at, but I just always encourage, you know, folks to go on the websites, do the due diligence, you know, call over to the different organizations and have them tell you, you know, what their priorities are, you know? I mean, what really drew me to SCI, you know, I worked in government um, and I would kind of speed date with all the different hunting and angling groups, right? You know, I'm very busy, like in, in this job working uh, as a political appointee. So I do these, you know, 15, 30 minute meetings. And just to make sure that we were very productive in the meetings, say, you know, bring me your priorities, just top five. And what stood out to me, you know, with an SCI is, you know, they would come in, their priorities would have hunters and in the priority, like they would prioritize the hunter. And that seems really simple, but a lot of organizations you wouldn't see that from. And I think it's pretty powerful, you know, because at the end of the day, baseline is every one of us agrees that we want, you know, healthy wildlife, beautiful habitat. Like that's just the baseline. But recognition that hunters are the ones that are making that possible, that means something. It's our experiences. So kudos to SCI. And that's a big part of, you know, why I love what I do is we fight for the hunter we are the hunter we're gonna break here for a few commercials i'm fired up i appreciate y'all being here got some place to be how about heading to nash vegas and attending the sci convention in nashville january 31st through february 3rd there's just so much energy around it and everyone's on the same page right everyone's there to have like a really good time and the camaraderie and trade stories and have fun but at the same time everyone's there with that shared concern like all right we're together let's put our heads to it let's go to the grindstone and figure out how we're able to continue defending and promoting hunting as best we can this episode of the foul life's sci foul thoughts with chad building and ben cassidy is brought to you by safari club international yukonuba federal premium black cloud benelli bandit and the provider chad and ben will continue their foul thoughts after the break hang tight safari club international first for hunters that's not just a slogan they're on capitol hill lobbyists lawyers attorneys fighting for hunters rights across this world i talk to the president and ceo laird hamberlin all the time and it blows my mind to understand his traveling schedule as he represents Safari Club International in so many different facets, meetings, organizations, banquets, you name it. Every single thing that this man is doing with his crew and team, Ben Cassidy, Chris LaCovicia, it is amazing to see the work being done behind the scenes by Safari Club International. And if you don't think that hunting rights need to be fought for, then you haven't watched the news, you haven't been well read, you haven't been paying attention. Get your head out of the sand and pay attention what's going on in our country, let alone the world right now. In Safari Club International, is fighting for our rights every single day. So become a member, join them, attend a banquet, attend the national convention. Late January 2024, Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. The Safari Club International Convention will be back. It was bigger than better last year. And
and it's going to be bigger and better again this year. I'm telling you, we cannot take our hunting rights for granted. We need Safari Club International fighting for our rights behind the scenes every single day. So when you're watching that sunrise or your dog swim back with a mouthful of mallard feathers, watching those big honkers descend or that whitetail get underneath your tree stand, squirrel hunters, I don't care what you hunt, I don't care what species, and I don't care where. I don't care what tactic. Safari Club International is fighting for our rights. Get involved. Become a life member if you can. A yearly member for sure. And again, we are proud members, life members of Safari Club International. We truly believe in their message and their fight. And we are going to fight right alongside with them. Thank you, SCI First for Hunters. The Answer 12. It's our new Foul Life Edition safe gun storage system from our friends at Secure It. Brand new design, so much room, so much organization, so much potential, so many options. You can see videos on our YouTube, on episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We do everything with our Secure It Answer 12 Foul Life Edition safe. Check them out at secureit.com right now and design your own. Get the cubbies, get the shelves, get the bungees, get the magnetic hanging hooks. You got plenty of room for 12 long guns in there and the organization that you can do with everything from knives to binos to dog training equipment to sporting clay equipment to eyewear ear protection all of your chokes all of your sights everything that you want you can organize it for different times of the year it might be dog training season it might be sporting clay season it might be duck season it might be turkey season organize it it is a safe built for the shot gunner my friends tom chris everybody in new york and secure it helped me design this safe our crew went to work on it and we have come up with a configuration that will allow you to make it your own comes with the magnet set with the foul life with lab and ducks and flocks, working geese, working ducks. The Foul Life Edition Secure It Answer 12 Safe is available right now at secureit.com. Check us out this coming February at the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. We will have more of them on site, on display like we did last year in our booth. It's going to be magnificent. I hope you get a chance to get your hands on your own, organize it the way that you see fit. And when you open those doors and see what you've created, it's going to give you even more energy, even more aura, even more enthusiasm for this unbelievable lifestyle that we get to live as an American shotgunner, American duck hunter, turkey hunter, upland hunter, dog trainer. Let's do it. Get the Answer 12 Foul Life Edition right now at secureit.com. You can't go wrong with it. Thank you so much, Secure It, and thank you all so much for supporting the brands that support us here at the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. It's called Benelli's The Foul Life for a reason. We love Benelli. They are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter, in my opinion. But when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, lay down blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60 day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and follow the migration south. Some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year. And every single time I squeeze that Benelli trigger, it goes bam. I'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family. And when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and 28 gauge, whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform their simply 
perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. They're 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship? Thank you, Benelli. Thank you all for supporting Benelli. And I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good, that Benelli dealer, that store, and say, let me shoulder that super black eagle. And now you can do it in so many gauges, the sub gauges included. We're fired up. Good luck this season. Stay safe out there and shoot straight. Shoot Benelli. Everything you see from SCI is geared towards all hunters. Hunters, when they speak up and say something, we've got the facts. we got the science behind us. We make a real difference. It's incredible. Welcome back to the Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding and special guest, Mr. Ben Cassidy, SCI's Director of Government Affairs. What do you do for SCI? To fight the fight to defend the freedom to hunt and promote conservation worldwide every day, regardless of where you hunt, what you hunt, and how you hunt. Join the outdoor cause alongside Chad and Ben by attending the SCI convention in Nashville, January 31st through February 3rd. You either have a seat at the table or you're being served on the table. What that means is letting them know what we're seeing, what's happening, and what they can do about it. Let's get back to Chad Belding and Mr. Ben Cassidy. So when you say you speed date and you go through some of these organizations to when you were deciding what career path to take, do you still speed date when you go through these organizations on who you're going to team up with priority wise? Or is that what you meant? And I misunderstood. So like when SCI has the opportunity or chance to work with California Waterfowl Association, do you call Mark Henley on his personal phone and say, what is the priority here? We need to see if we're going to get behind it. Is that kind of how that works? And is CWA one of those organizations that you now have credit that they now have credibility with an organization like Safari Club International to where when they call on Ben Cassidy and the SCI team to get behind them, it's a pretty easy no brainer decision based on past references and past experiences with that organization? Yeah, I mean, I just think at every turn, there's always an opportunity for folks to work together. I think we all recognize that the community is stronger when the community is working together. So naturally, whenever something's, you know, popping up, always look out to figure out, you know, who's able to help you out and, you know, who your friends are on your side of the aisle to just strengthen your your position and loudening your voice. So I don't know if it's like a speed date or anything, but yeah, we're all in contact. We all have, you know, regular meetings and all visit, you know, to be able to see what priorities are uh, going forward and where we can help one another out, where it makes sense for our membership, where it makes sense for their membership, and how we can, you know, find common ground. With what just happened last week in the state of Iowa, um, New Hampshire getting ready to come up, you have a relationship with folks that are on Team Trump. Um, You're personal friends with Donald Trump Jr. He's a personal friend and life member of Safari Club International. He's not, he doesn't hide Anything when it comes to the outdoors and supporting the Second Amendment and hunting and the rights of hunters and fishers across the world. What's going on in your mind right now, Ben Cassidy, as you sit on Capitol Hill and work on Capitol Hill daily? Is Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, is he a friend of SCI? Is he a friend of hunters and fishers across the world and outdoorsmen and conservationists? Where are we right now with what you saw in Iowa? Are we looking strong? We just saw that Mr. DeSantis dropped out of the race and endorsed Donald Trump. 
my question is kind of all over the board because I don't really know what to ask. Like, do we have a chance to win this? Do we have to win this? Who is we? Is Donald Trump the one we want? Like, what are your thoughts being so tied in politically on a day-to-day basis, Ben? You know, I just go to first, like first, you know, is Donald Trump good, good on our issues? You know, I say, no, he's great on the issues. I mean, I had a chance to work for him, right? When I was at Department of Interior, Uh, in a role that he created. And that role was to have somebody at Interior that worked on hunting and fishing issues. Like that just didn't exist before. Certainly doesn't exist under Biden. It showed where his priorities were. I've never seen anybody like him, uh, you know, that says they're going to do something and then immediately goes and works on it at a presidential level. I mean, literally all the commitments and promises he made you know, on the campaign trail, he went right into doing. And I'm really proud of the work that was done, you know, in the even short time that I was at Interior with uh, supporting hunting and angling. I mean, unparalleled amounts of access were opened up. Day one that Zinke was in as secretary, you know, he, he rolled back a gross director's order from Dan Ash uh, from Fish and Wildlife that banned lead on refuges. I mean, made real meaningful uh, differences off the bat. Now you go into like President Trump 2.0 running for, for re-election now. You know, I would just go to his uh his Instagram page. He he did a video, you know, late last year um speaking to hunters about you know what he'll do in in a second term. And again, like I don't take lightly what he says he's gonna do because he lives by by his word. And frankly, when I saw the video and him talking about, you know, how he was gonna defend hunting, increase access, you know, fight against lead bands, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I was just like, wow, I've just never seen a president past or present um, who's ever spoken like this before and made it such an issue, which I just kind of, you know, I find incredible. Now for reelection, I mean, why wouldn't he be electable? Um, Look at where our country is today. You know, he he won Iowa by 53 percent. I think that, you know, everyone else in the field was looking to keep him underneath 50 percent to show that there was some sort of primary path uh, to be able to, you know, be competitive. But clearly um, that didn't happen. And now you're kind of just seeing the the reverbs following Iowa with folks dropping out like DeSantis. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in New Hampshire. It's not Iowa. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a constantly shifting landscape. I think that, you know, you can get a tone for how seriously the other side is taking Trump um, as a candidate because he's the only one that they've talked about. And the president's talked about him in a very negative manner, which you just don't normally see sitting president spend their breath on talking smack about person running against him. Normally, they take a little bit of the higher ground, but tells you where they're they're coming from. He's a threat. Excuse me. He's a threat. Um, What is your political opinion, Ben Cassidy, on potential VP running mate for Donald Trump if he does come out on top? Do you have any idea yet? I have no idea. I, I couldn't even. Could DeSantis step in there after he just endorsed? I mean, everyone's looking for something. You know, he got smacked around by Trump for so long. And the moment he pulled out of the race, he endorsed Trump, says something. Um, you know, Tim Scott, maybe Nikki Haley when she ends up losing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you don't know. No, I mean, it's up to, to Trump to, to choose his running mate. A lot of different you know thought goes into it. But yeah, a lot of people positioning themselves constantly, leaking their names out to the With media. That video- with that video that Trump did that you just yeah. mentioned on his Instagram about hunting and access, lead bans, all of the stuff that is affecting our culture, um, what do we tell hunters that it's not assumed, it's not guaranteed? What is SCI's stance 
on Hunter involvement in politics, because a lot of the things you hear are, ah, that doesn't affect me. Ah, my vote doesn't matter. Ah, I don't have time. It's the rut. Got to be in the tree stand during November. How important is it, Ben, in SCI's advocacy program to of those votes that these states, I mean, I can name the states that have a lot of hunters in them. And a couple of them are the states that were turned upside down in a really, really weird manner in the 2020 election. Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, you're talking upwards of million hunters in these states, 800 to 900,000 whitetail hunters per state. You're talking almost 700,000 whitetail hunters during the rifle deer season in Wisconsin alone. How important is it in the messaging of Safari Club International of the voting process and how that directly affects our hunting rights? I mean, it's what we're built on at SCI, right? I mean, it's off of our our grassroots and our membership and hunter engagement. I mean, I would say, you know, if every hunter had as, you know, much conviction for election day as they do for opening day, you know, we'd be an unstoppable force to be reckoned with. I mean, you talk about a lot of states, like you mentioned, that have really strong hunting numbers. A lot of those states, the hunting block is the difference, right? If You know, like the, the way the hunters vote in, say, a state like Montana, which is constantly competitive, they're all vote one way. I mean, that's the way that the race is going to go. I mean, again, yeah, you look at like a state like Pennsylvania, I mean, number one for hunting, that's a huge block of folks. And it's an issue that, you know, is top of folks' minds when they go to the ballot box as a hunter. So I think it's always important to be engaged and and make the difference. Um, and you really, that's you know a big part of what SCI does is let folks know what's at stake, uh, what the issues are, and you know where where different candidates stand on the issues and how they can make a difference, how their vote can make a difference. So it is very important, obviously, of people getting involved in voting when it's so easy not to, and it's. It blows my mind that how many people don't. I think that if hunters really got in the trenches, like you just said, the anticipation of opening day, man, our future of hunting could be so much more brighter with the right leadership. Because I want to kind of transition into SCI's stance on this, Ben Cassidy, as we end today's conversation of the Foul Life Podcast, Safari Club International, SCI's foul thoughts with yours truly i love having ben cassidy on here not only are we good personal friends even though he does forget me for christmas card time um invites to hunt uh, my hats i'm gonna keep naming them guilt trip central here but um we are good friends and i've always had a huge amount of respect for what mr ben does um as hunters shouldn't we be I'm going back to the beginning minutes of our conversation today ben about the culture and the energy around the sci convention in nashville I was there for six days last year, one day earlier than it started, and then and then I stayed through its its duration. I didn't see one fist fight. Yeah, I didn't see one argument. I did not see one confrontation that you shouldn't hunt with a crossbow. I didn't see one person say you suck because you only cut the breast meat out of that duck and you didn't leave the skin on. I didn't see one person make fun of somebody because they can only kill animals on private land and not, and they don't know how to hunt public property. My point is, as you see all this animosity in the hunting community on social media, mainly keyboard warriors, mainly hiding behind a code name or a stage name, mainly a screen name. I should say, I didn't see any of that. 
at the convention. I just see positivity. I see optimism. I see camaraderie. I see friendship. I see kinship. I see family. Why do we have to struggle internally with what I call quote unquote infighting? How important is that we stop the infighting and look at the bigger picture? Because if it's legal and it's ethical, I'm not going to tell you how to hunt. I have my own thoughts. I don't think you should hunt turkeys with a bow and arrow, but that doesn't mean I think it should be outlawed. That doesn't mean I don't think you should practice it to become proficient at it. I'm just saying, I think that they are meant to be shot with a shotgun, but that's not the inroad. Okay. I'm not going to get in in, in a arguing match and tell somebody that they shouldn't be allowed to hunt turkeys with a bow and arrow. How important is it, Ben, and SCI and and your guys' mission that we come together and stop the infighting? And I get it. Naturally, there's always going to be some type of animosity, jealousy, envy, whatever it is. But, man, we have enough hate from the outsiders, politicians, lobbyists, anti-hunter groups like PETA. And there's many more out there that I don't even want to name because they're confusing to me on some level. How important is this, Ben? Do you know where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah. Because I didn't see any of it. When you bring 70,000 people to Nashville, I didn't see one bit of confrontation. Yeah, I think it's a really, you know, fun, loving, respectful group. And, you know, I would be lying if I said it's an easy fix, though, for like the whole community to all just have all full agreement, you know, like let our differences aside and let's all, you know, unite. But I think that it is, you know, a goal worth striving for. And I think that embodies what SCI does in our mandate, you know, across all hunting to protect the freedom to hunt, not to protect, you know, bow hunting, not to protect rifle, not to protect shotgun, protect all hunting. Right. And I think that that is imperative because just imagine how much of an unstoppable, unmovable force we'd be as hunters if we were all, you know, in lockstep pushing forward for the big picture of defending hunting. I mean, that's the thing that we're up against, you know, with anti-hunters is they're all on board. Um, they're not really having the same sort of infighting, you know, it's all motion driven. just like shut it all down regardless, you know? So we need to be able to counter with our own front with hunters of, you know, all being together. And I think like you said, you know, you get to our convention and it really does show a movement like that where folks are, are all getting along, having a good time, and all understanding what, what the big picture is. Um, but it's not something that comes easily. And it's something that that's worked on with intentionality all the time. If you had your choice, Ben Cassidy, would you fly to Stuttgart, Arkansas and stand under a tree, an oak tree and kick water and slap your waders and call it mallard ducks to try to break them and get underneath the canopy to finish in your decoy spread? Or would you rather fly to Tanzania to hunt some dangerous game of Africa. You have to pick one right now. Where are you at in your hunting career? <laughs> well, I've never done Tanzania and I've done Stuttgart. So I guess I'm going to Tanzania. <laughs> I had the, you, I had the, I had the had best your... Stuttgart hunt because it was right after tornadoes came through. I woke up um, and it was 70 degrees at three in the morning. I got a ride out of Little Rock to go to Stuttgart. And by the time I got in before first light, it was below freezing and the birds went crazy. They looked like bats just littering through the sky. It was insane. And yeah, I mean, we limited way too fast, but that's my only complaint. <laughs> um, but I've never hunted Tanzania, so I guess I'm going to Tanzania. How many times have you been to Africa? I've only been a couple of times. So, I mean, I got some life ahead of me, I hope. So I'm picking Stuttgart every time. Every you know time. why? Okay. Because of what you just described. I love mallards in the flooded timber. I love mallard ducks. Now, it's funny, though, because of the mindset of different hunters that... I live in a state where you could see a 200 inch mule deer, a 385 to 415 hundred, 415 inch Rocky Mountain elk, 
an 82 to a 95 inch antelope, 155 to 180 inch Rocky Mountain sheep, California sheep, desert sheep. I live in a state that's just flourishing with big game and we barely have any ducks here, but ducks got a hold of me at an A in, in my late twenties to where all I want, all I care about. I think about a duck or a goose every single day of my life. My brothers, they're eaten up with applications and, and preferential points and, and draws and, and all of this stuff that come with this big game game, quote unquote, big game game. It's cool that hunters can have that mindset. Some people are well-rounded. Some people will be like, I'll, I'll go hunt like Laird. He's like, I love squirrels. I love turkeys and I love ducks. I think he calls it DDT ducks. Wait, no, DT, DDT, no, D- duck deer turkey, duck deer turkey. Um, and he's a squirrel hunter from Mississippi also. Um, but he's also hunted in like 70 countries. Yep. The guy's crazy. I mean, he's literally crazy. <laughs> like you, I don't know how many people there are in the world that's hunted that many countries, but it can't be a whole bunch. Cause I know a lot of hunters and they've hunted like two countries and it's mainly <laughs> Canada and America. Yep. Very few have even been to South America. Some go to New Zealand, but to know that there's 70 countries worldwide to hunt, I think it's really awesome that we understand that it's okay to be well-rounded. It's okay to hunt different things. It's okay to not be so driven by just one species. And I think that that's kind of the mindset of where we go back to the beginning of this conversation with Rocky Merlot and how he loves what SCI's messaging is now, because it's okay not to be a safari dangerous game hunter or plains game hunter, an African hunter, I should say, but you still are supported by SCI. It's okay. You don't have, you don't even have to leave the continental United States. You don't even have to leave your home state. You don't even have to leave your County of where you live in or hunt in and SCI is fighting for you. So I just wanted to make sure that people knew. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. Just sorry to interrupt, but just go back to, you know, your experience in Nashville, right? You know, say that you're primarily a duck hunter. Did you feel out of place? Were you, were you a, a duck out of water? I don't think so. Right? No. As I look at my notes here, because I want to make sure that I cover everything is I wanted to, I really wanted to touch on the fact that I have a pretty driven attitude about waterfowl hunting. That's all I care about really. Now, do I put in for some really cool Arizona tags and Utah tags and Wyoming tags? And would I go to Hermosillo and shoot a really big desert mule deer in Mexico? Would I, but I could all, I could honestly say, Ben, like I have no desire to go hunt planes game in Africa, but so many people do. And to educate yourself on that process and the ability that it takes to be successful over Mm -hmm. there, it's not easy. And then if you take it a step further, what that tourism and revenue does for those countries in Africa, what that food does to the tribes over there and the locals of Africa, it's just so cool how well diversified this culture of hunting is it is so vast it is so worldwide Uh, you could go to africa and hunt ducks ramsey russell and one of our friends at sci it's duck season somewhere is the name of his podcast great podcast great voice in the hunting circle that's all he does is hunt ducks all over the world. I just had I him, never even I just had him on our podcast, uh, First for Hunters podcast last week. I mean, talking about his trip to Australia with like magpie geese and Cape Baron geese. Like you see the Cape Baron geese, like its beak looks like a tennis ball. It's like, where is this yeah. from? This is crazy. But he's out there. Yeah. Stuff you've never even crazy seen. Crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff, but it's so cool that he is doing cool. that. Because it's opening up this world that myself and most waterfowlers, I assume, don't even know exists. But this is what I'm saying is that it's there. It's available. It's being fought for by SCI every day. 
just because you're so stuck in your views like I am on, I just want to go to Stuttgart. I just want to be on the Mississippi River. I love Duck Camp America. I love Canada. Don't get me wrong, but that's all I need. I'm fulfilled with that, right? I go to Argentina. I, I, it's fun, but it's not Stuttgart to me. But what's really neat is that SCI is opening these doors and keeping them open is the most important term because it can be gone at any time. If people do a deep dive into the fighting that is taking place behind the scenes on a daily basis by you guys and the SCI organization teaming up with organizations like we afford, we mentioned before California Waterfowl Association, it's there. It's out there for us to participate in, Ben, but it's not guaranteed. It is our right. It, it is our privilege to hunt. But Ben, how important is it that we don't get so simple-minded of that it's going to be here tomorrow? Is it guaranteed that my daughter and that my grandkids are going to be able to hunt? I don't think that it is without putting up a fight. Let's talk about that as we end the conversation, Ben Cassidy. How important is it to understand how vast this culture is and that we do have to keep the messaging going. We have to come together as a culture, as a community, because it's not guaranteed every day. I know that I have a ton of great conversations with my, one of my closest allies in this hunting business is Mr. Ted Nugent. Now look, Ted is out there and Ted is freaking awesome to me. And he says it is our right to hunt, but can it be taken away, Ben? You're working hard every day in politics. Yeah. Should we be worried? And how do we make sure that we still have the right to hunt and the privilege to hunt? Because it is so important to so many human beings across the world. That's what really sets apart SCI members is that they see something and they do something. And again, like SCI, whatever you hunt, wherever you hunt, however you hunt. So if you have any concerns about the future of hunting, just know that what we're doing is making a difference and you can be a part of that difference. And I think it's really incumbent on folks to be engaged. And I'm not saying that you have to move to D.C. and learn all about politics and know all the names and faces and all the different issues. But with a group like SCI, we make it easy for you. We're doing the homework. We're letting you know what's happening, why it's important. But more importantly, what can be done about it? I think that's really the key, you know, and, and really what sets us apart. And uh making a big difference and we we're here for all hunters and do you feel like as a hunting community we need to be involved because it could be taken away because it can be taken away right yes every day what is the old ronald reagan saying like freedom isn't free right like you have to fight for it every day because don't fool yourself the other side's fighting for it every day and again in the absence of us showing up and having our voice heard we lose it right like i'd said before don't have a seat at the table you're served on the table it's not unique to hunting and hunting's not an exception to that. Not an exception to that. I love it. I think that hunting can have such a stronger community, even though we get to duck camp or deer camp, turkey camp, go to Africa together and we have a, a great time and we're high-fiving and smiling and celebrating the hunt. I truly feel like there is a huge potential, Ben Cassidy, for hunters to come together even stronger to celebrate this hunting culture even more and stop the infighting understand that the good fight is being fought every day and that we need participation from the entire hunting community to get new people involved, new blood in the hunting pipeline, introduce somebody new to the the culture of hunting on a daily basis or at least once a season. But there is a huge potential to come together even stronger. As strong as this community is, as many hunters that there are in the country, which they say about 10% of our country hunts, 10% of our country hates hunting, and 80% of the country is kind of, eh, I don't know about it. We have yep. the ability to win those over 
We have the ability to bring in more hunters and new blood into this if we do it right. So the potential's there. But it's not just wake up in the morning and turn the coffee pot on and, and ride to the duck ramp, the boat ramp and get in the duck blind. You got to be thinking bigger picture of why you're getting to do that. And that there are individuals and organizations like Safari Club International that are fighting daily to make sure we have that right to hunt, the freedoms to hunt, the privilege to hunt. So that's how I see it. I, I think there's a lot more opportunity out there to be even stronger. I truly feel that. Yeah, I'll say it again because I mean it. We all work together unstoppable force no doubt about it so we've got the facts and we're all doing it for the right reasons and if you want to witness it in person come to nashville just come see it you'll be blown your mind will be blown hey four days pick one day whatever works on the calendar get down there something for everyone find your adventure it's on yeah talk to an outfitter yeah the stuff that you can buy down there i mean i'm talking like unbelievable stuff for sale in all of these booths seminars meet professional hunters you could even go see jim shockey speak on his new book yeah <clears throat> which i loved i absolutely love jim shockey the best. can't wait to see him down there he's the baddest he's he's just awesome but yeah the sci convention is for everybody it's in a great part of america music city usa nashville tennessee i'm gonna get to see a lot of friends there there you get a chance to run into a country music celebrity maybe i saw you guys just posted john party he walked the convention floor last year that was cool several big time uh, musicians walked the floor and we're gonna do it again this year january 31st through february 4th nashville tennessee downtown convention center and there's going to be activities spread out throughout the entire part you know the entire city metropolis is that what they call it is that what you call it of is is nashville that big that we can call it that because it it is growing like crazy there from when i first started going there but nashville january 31st through february 4th the sci convention the safari club international convention the banquet programs at night, the concerts, the after parties, the seminars, the instruction, the booths, the outfitters, the retail sales. <clears throat> Stop by one of the several SCI booths and get one of these vests that I was supposed to get from Ben. I'll probably have to buy my own. I'm going to see what happens when I arrive. There might be a care package on my bed with a personally signed letter from Ben Cassidy. Here you go, Chad. Here's the stuff that I told you about eight months ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you for your patience. Just straight up patience, like Axel Rose saying about that's the great Ben Cassidy. How do we get involved? Go to safariclub.org. Safariclub.org. Make it easy as you can right there. You can join, buy your tickets for Nashville, get everything that you need there other than the flights. So come on down. Can't wait to see get to you Nashville. All. A lot of hunters live within driving distance of Nashville. Oh, yeah. Millions. It's, a, it's millions of hunters it's home to the, it's the hunter. Epicenter. home to the hunter so we'll see you there look us up we'll be walking around we'll be at booths such as benelli federal safari club will be representing safari club there we actually in our main brand banded have a booth at the safari club international convention this year can you imagine awesome banded brands has a booth and we are excited about it so come see us gotcha. at the banded booth we'll be walking around i appreciate it ben and uh let's do one of these after the show ends after convention ends let's do a post podcast episode and tell everybody that did not get to attend what they missed and let's tell everybody that did attend our appreciation for them because this is going to be one for the ages can't wait to see you in nashville my man likewise if anyone listening to this now sees either of us on the floor and doesn't say hi it's rude yeah if they don't if (laughs) if they don't search you down just to get a selfie with that beard i'm gonna think it's rude you have you guys have to search uh just look for ben cassidy he will be looking like i don't know kind of a mix between sturgis 
Western, like that beer game is strong. That's the strongest I've ever seen it, buddy. You got it going on. Appreciate it. I got to catch up. Okay. Look for Ben on the floor. Look for myself on the floor. Look for Anna V on the floor. Laird Hamberlin's going to be there. There's going to be so, Rock Merlot's going to be there. We're going to have a great time in Nashville, Music City, USA, the 52nd Safari Club International Convention. January 31st through February 4th. For Ben Cassidy, I'm Chad Billing. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Foul Eye Podcast, Safari Club International, SCI's Foul Thoughts. We'll be back with more episodes with SCI and the great Ben Cassidy soon. Appreciate you all for the downloads, the subscriptions, the listens. Tell a friend. We're growing like crazy. We're proud of it. Don't forget to listen to our sister podcast, Anna V's American Wing Shooting, Where the Payment Ends, This Life Ain't for Everybody, and Jennifer Swenson and Brittany Ledoux on 40 Years to Freedom. And if you need any questions answered, info at thefowllife.com. If you want any topics discussed or to see a guest on the podcast, don't be afraid to drop us a line. And we hope to see you in Nashville. See you later. See y'all. Never stop doing your best just because someone doesn't give you credit. Because at the end of the day, baseline is every one of us agrees that we want healthy wildlife, beautiful habitat. That's just the baseline. But recognition that hunters are the ones that are making that possible, that means something. Hats off to incredible brands like Benelli, Lear Toppers, Realtree, Jargon Game Calls, Secure It, and Kershaw Knives for always believing in and standing for outdoors men and women worldwide. Chad Belding and Mr. Ben Cassidy. SCI's Director of Government Affairs will wrap the show once we return from the break. Thanks for listening in. Have you become a member of California Waterfowl Association, CWA? Check them out at calwaterfowl.org. It doesn't matter if you live in Kansas or Florida, New York, Alberta, Arkansas, Iowa. I don't care. Become a member of California Waterfowl Association. They're fighting for hunters' rights every day behind the scene. Their advocacy is second to none. They are an unbelievable force to be reckoned with. And if I told you the work that they're doing right now, you would want to become a member. It can happen to us all. You saw Bill 28 just got signed into law. CWA is still continuously fighting that to get rid of that 11% tax on firearms and ammunition. It's going to spread eastward, I promise. And CWA has been at the forefront of hunters' rights, not just waterfowl hunters, but upland hunters, deer hunters, predator hunters, bear hunters, you name it. They have fought for the rights of so many outdoors men and women across this country, and they continue to do so, and they need our help. Become a life member. Become a yearly member at calwaterfowl.org. Attend a banquet if if you're in the area, hit us up at info at thefowllife.com if you need any questions answered. Put that decal on your truck window, on your trailer. Be a proud member of California Waterfowl Association and join the fight. We need it, I promise you. It's CWA. I'm a proud member. Everybody on the Fowl Life crew is. You can see a ton of episodes we film with my good friend Rock Merlo in upstate California representing California Waterfowl Association. If it wasn't for them, I truly don't know what the state of waterfowl hunting and other species would be in the state of California. Let's get involved. Let's become a member. CalWaterfowl.org. Thank you for supporting the California Waterfowl Association. Federal Premium Black Cloud. Shot it exclusively for 12 years now. And it thumps them. Cripples are few and far between. It happens. I'm not going to say it doesn't. But I'm talking decoying birds. 10 to 25 yards going down 
dying ethically in the Traeger. Black Cloud is still the leading waterfowl ammo in the country. Myself, the Fowl Life crew, we shoot it exclusively. You can now find it in the TSS blends, in the Tungsten Super Steel blends of Black Cloud, but I'm talking the exact detailed performance of every time I pull the trigger, the results that we're seeing, and no suffering. Dispatching big Canada geese, mallard ducks. There is a shot size from BB all the way to fours, and you can get the blends, like I said, in the TSS. Black Cloud has changed the way I look at shotgun ammo. I compare everything to it. I'm very critical and nothing hits like Federal Premium Black Cloud. I hope that you get a box or a case of it for this upcoming season. Good luck out there. Stay safe. Shoot straight. Shoot small and shoot Black Cloud. Man, the new Black Label Elite boots by Banded. I'm telling you, these camp shoes, these knee boots, uninsulated, insulated. I wore them on my first two trips of the 2023-24 season after wearing prototypes all last year. And they are the best boot made, most comfortable, most foot protectant, most easy to walk in, warmest, most breathable, baddest ass hunting boots, camp shoes on the market. I guarantee it. Challenge me on that. Get yourself a pair right now at Banded.com or any Banded off dealer across the country and you will feel like you're walking on the moon i was in cornfields wheat fields alfalfa fields pea fields i've worn these boots everywhere and it is amazing how comfortable they are how dry they keep your feet how protected they keep your feet and when you take them off and you put them out to dry it's unbelievable how fast they dry how fast they air out and ready for your next hunting excursion i'm telling you these boots are different they fit different they feel different they perform different it's another innovation by the family at Banded. It is absolutely a pleasure to have them as the official footwear of the Foul Life podcast. Their waders are amazing. Their accessories are amazing. Everything Banded, Avery, Greenhead Gear, Avery Sporting Dog stands for is exactly what the tradition and culture of the American Hunter has been built on. It's a band of brothers. We are so proud of it. And these new Black Label Elite knee boots and the camp shoes will absolutely blow your mind and make this a better season than it would have been without them. I promise you that. Get them right now at banded.com or an authorized banded dealer thank you all so much for the support of banded brands throughout the years and trust me we are just getting started the foul life's sei foul thoughts may be over but the conservation and hunters rights fight has just begun if every hunter had as you know much conviction for election day as they do for opening day we'd be an unstoppable force to be reckoned with i think that if hunters really got in the trenches like you just said the anticipation of opening day man our future of hunting could be so much more brighter with the right leadership be sure to stay up to date and informed by streaming the foul life's sei foul thoughts on soundcloud iHeart, Spotify, thefowllife.com, or on your preferred streaming platform. And make plans to attend the SCI convention in Nashville, Tennessee, January 31st through February 3rd. Plus, to learn more about the SCI convention and to further your education and involvement into everything SCI does, check them out at safariclub.org. Thanks for listening, and keep it foul.